Well, happy Father's Day to all the dads in the room. Dads, happy Father's Day. Thank you for being here. Yeah, give them a hand. Come on, they do a good job. Dads, thank you for being here on Father's Day. I know that some of you probably wanted to just stay home and sit in your chair just wearing your underpants. Like, I know how it is, but thank you for valuing your relationship with God and leading your family to come to his presence. Wasn't worship powerful this morning? Man, alive. I'm so thankful for our team, but for God showing up every single week to meet us. So as we worship, feel free to interact. Feel free to engage. Feel free to worship the Lord because he loves you. The Bible says that he abides. He lives. He loves hanging out, like Katie said, in the praises of his people. So in those moments, man, let's worship the Lord. Today is the last week of Family Zoo. We're landing the plane here on Father's Day. It's been an exciting series. We started, we kicked it off on Mother's Day, and we talked about how moms were all created to be mama bears, and how you, God made you, and he destined you to protect and to oversee your family, and we gave out a free necklace to all the moms on Mother's Day, and I see a bunch of moms still wearing those today. Uh, then we talked about a very unique and interesting animal, the Chewbacca, right? Remember we had Candace Payne, Chewbacca mom, come and talk to us about joy and how our joy is founded in hope, that when we have hope for all that God has for us, we can live a joyful life. Then we went back into the family zoo and we talked about how as moms and dads, we're called to be the zookeepers, remember? And how the zookeepers are an integral part of the zoo, that they're the ones that control the habitat and the environment and the diet of the animals and as moms and dads. We have to view ourselves as the zookeepers then all the animals broke out of the zoo and took over on student takeover, and we had junior high and high school students leading the service. It was powerful. It was a powerful morning. Yeah, they're cheering for themselves. Come on, y'all. And so they did a great job. And then last Sunday, we talked about kind of a heavy idea, but that in every zoo, there is contained endangered species. And that in the family zoo, sometimes there's endangered species of uh, healthy marriages and godly families and how we have to be very intentional as moms and dads and as husbands and wives about focusing and protecting our families so they don't become endangered. But today we're talking about Father's Day. Now, Mother's Day and Father's Day are basically the same, except that Mother's Day is way more important and the gifts are a lot more expensive, right? <laughs> and so, and I think that as dads, we all get it. We all understand and we're like, yes, it needs to be more important for Mother's Day. So dads, give your wives a hand. Give your mom, give the moms a hand because moms really, the reason we're, come on, give them a hand. Those ladies on Father's Day, we're gonna still celebrate moms because moms are unbelievable. Do you understand that moms are able to grow a human being in their body? It's unbelievable, right? And then they deliver that baby. Then through God's miraculous design, they can feed that baby with their body. And when you think about a man's uh, participation in the creation of a human being, there's not a whole lot that we do, right? And there's always that guy who's like, yeah, I did my part. Yeah, doing the one thing you think about 24 hours a day for like five seconds, right? Yeah, you, yeah, you were involved, good job. And so really, moms are amazing. And dads, we don't have a whole lot to do from inception to birth. But from birth throughout the rest of our children's lives, dads, we're super important. Our words are powerful. The things that we say, the way we encourage our family is extremely important. And I know that today can be a heavy day for some people. Because on Father's Day, a lot of people, they would have regret about not having the dad that they wish that they had. Or maybe because you and the relationship with your child is now broken. And as a dad, you have some regrets about what you did with your children. And so I want to tell you this morning that God is able to make all things new and that he's able to restore all things. The Bible tells us in Psalm 68, 5, 
God says that he's a father to the fatherless and a defender of the widow. That he's a father to the fatherless. And my wife reminded me during worship, she said, hey, remind this, remind this church, remind this 11 o'clock service, that she's a byproduct of a broken, relation, of a broken marriage. That her dad abandoned the family and that Rachel lived this scripture. That her heavenly father stepped in at the place that her earthly father stepped out. And so if today's heavy for you for many reasons, you've got to know that there's a God in heaven who loves you and has a plan for you. He will never leave you. He will never forsake you. He won't. You're not alone. He's with you. I know it's a sad day, but it's okay. God loves you. He believes in you more than you can imagine. If you're a single mom in this place and you feel a little heavy because it's Father's Day, but there isn't a dad in the picture, you've got to know that that scripture applies to you too. That he's the father of the fatherless. And that one of the gifts that God gives you as a single mom is the church. And that here's the body of Christ that we can step in and help be a male godly example to your kids. So keep them coming. Keep them around. Bring them on Wednesday night to Spark. Let us help invest in your children so they'll grow in their relationship with him. Cool? Okay. So I remember when Rachel and I found out that we were having our first child, having Lillian, a little over four years ago. And uh, I was freaked out and excited all at the same time. Uh, but it didn't really hit home, you know? Like, she showed me the pregnancy test, and it had, like, a line or two lines or whatever. And I was like, oh, God. Oh, man. But it didn't, like, fully sink in. And then we go to the doctor, and we're at the doctor, and I'm looking at the sonogram, and I see Lillian in there, and I'm like, dude, this is getting serious. But it still didn't, like, fully sink in all the way. And, and to my defense and to all men's defense, we don't feel the baby in our body. So it's still, like, a very surreal experience for us, and then we go to the hospital, and she has the baby, and I'm holding Lillian, and it still hasn't really sunk in, because I'm in this weird environment in the hospital, and I just assume that they're just, like, going to take her from me. Like, surely these people don't trust me to be in charge of another human being. Do, they, do these people know who I am? And so we're sleeping there a couple nights, and it still isn't really sinking in, but then there's this moment where they take Lillian, and they put her in the, or I put her in the car seat, and I pick her up and get all our stuff, and I leave the hospital. And, the, you know, they have the glass sliding doors there at Mansfield Methodist. And we walk out of the hospital. And I'm like, oh, what have I gotten myself into here? Like, I'm now in charge. So I take Lillian out and I put her into the back of my truck. And, well, not, not like the back of my truck. But, like, I have a four-door truck. And so I put her in. That would have been bad. They would have probably taken her back from me then. And so I put her in the back seat of the truck. And I get in to, to drive away. And Rachel's there. And I get hit with the reality that I'm a dad and that I'm now responsible for this other person. And all these questions and all these things start flooding into me of fear and nervousness. And what if I don't have enough money? And what if I don't have the right answers? And what if I can't afford all the diapers? And what happens when she goes to school? What school do we send her to? And what about vaccinations? People on Facebook saying all kind of crazy stuff. And what if someday so she's gonna get a boyfriend to ask her to homecoming? I'm gonna punch him in the mouth. Like what? You're thinking about all of these things, all these things. And we're sitting there and the truck's running and Rachel's just sitting in the passenger seat and she's looking at me and she's like, hey, I'm the one that just had a baby. I'm the one who should be emotional right now. Drive us home. I'm there crying, and I'm like, God, I don't know what to do. And I remember it like sweeping over me this moment when it became a reality. And no matter who you are as a man, I don't care if you're a Navy SEAL jumping out of airplanes with guns strapped to you, or if you're a CEO doing million-dollar deals before breakfast, like that's a sobering reality, the thought that you are now a father and responsible for someone else. And so on this Father's Day, dads, I think that we need to be celebrated 
that we need to be excited about what God has blessed us with in our children, but we also need to remember that feeling. I need to remember that feeling of what it was like driving my daughter home for the very first time because if we remember that back then, it helps us be who we need to be today, amen? It helps us realize that what we were created to do and what God has called all of us to do. We have a great big job. So today, I want to look at some animal dads and look at the instincts that God has placed in them. Because God has given all animals instincts. He's filled them with the ability to take care of their family. I think there's some powerful things we can learn. Let me just show you a couple before I get into some real specifics. The, the male flamingo. Daddy Flamingo is monogamous throughout his life. He finds one woman. He's an honest man, y'all. He finds one woman or one baby mama Flamingo, and he sticks with her forever. And the male Flamingo, he's the one that picks out the location of the nest, and he actually builds the nest. He's the one that provides that safe environment. He's a good man. Then I think of the golden lion, Tamarin. The golden lion, isn't he cute? And so the golden lion, his responsibility is to carry the baby on his back for six months. For six months, he carries that baby everywhere it goes. The only time he hands it off to mom is when it's time to nurse. Some of you relators are like, my husband needs to take a lesson from that dude, right? And so then, even after the child begins to eat solid foods, the dad will go and pick a banana and smush it up and feed it to the baby. He's a great animal dad with great instincts. I think about frogs. Frogs, many times, if their tadpoles are in an area where they're going to get attacked, the, frog, the dad will swim and will open his mouth and will put all the tadpoles he can in his mouth to provide safe passage for his children. I think of the seahorse. The seahorse is one of the greatest animal dads because after his uh, interaction with the uh, female seahorse, uh, the, the mama seahorse then comes over and the dad opens a pouch and she puts the eggs in his pouch and he's the one that carries the eggs into birth. And I think that if that were to happen to human beings, that we would be extinct a long time ago. Because I don't want nothing to do with that, y'all. And so he's an amazing dad, the seahorse. And then last but definitely not least is the owl monkey. The owl monkey, they have some amazing responsibilities. They are in charge of transporting their multiple children. They're in charge of cleaning their multiple children. And they provide all of the food for their families. And so some of you think that your husband's a monkey. Well, you start praying, he turns into an owl monkey because that dad's doing a great, great job. There's a lot that we can learn as dads that God created us to do. God has put within us as men instinct. We have instinct to do things, to provide for our families, to watch over our families. So I've got a couple points that I want to talk about as we look at God's creation in the family zoo about what we were created to do. Number one, you were created to be a provider. Everyone say provider. You were created to be a provider that God literally birthed you. He made you. He fashioned you to be a provider. You can look at the red fox. The red fox, uh, after the mother fox gives birth, she'll give birth to eight to 12 baby foxes. That's a lot. We got some families here at Living Church with five or six kids. This dude's got 12. And it's his job to go out and hunt and to provide all the nutrition for his family. God put within him an instinct to provide. Or then I think about the sand grouse, which is a bird that lives in desert areas. This bird is amazing. Because the nest is in a very dry area, the father bird will fly out to a body of water, to a pond or a puddle or a lake, and he will get down in the water and open up all of his feathers and spread all of his feathers out, and he'll sit down and soak in the water. 
and then he'll tighten all of his feathers up, and then he'll flap his wings as hard as he can, and he'll fly out of the water, and he weighs three times as much as he went in. And he'll transport all of that water to the nest to then provide for the baby birds. And dad, sometimes it's hard to carry the weight of provision. Am I right? It's hard. We feel like we've got to flap and fight and do everything we can to get home to our families all that they need. But can I tell you, God's put within you the gifts and the ability and the instinct to be a provider for the family that God has given you. You know, as men, we were provided or we were created in God's image. And the Bible calls God Jehovah Jireh, that he's our provider. And if we're made in his image, that, that means that we are also called to provide. You see, somewhere in all of us, we were created to be givers and not takers. You could even look at a man's anatomy. We're created to give and not to receive. And so as we lead our families, we need to be giving. We need to be investing in those around us and giving the best that we have to the people that God's entrusted us with. 2 Thessalonians chapter 3, verse 10, it says this, The one who is unwilling to work shall not eat. That's a hard scripture, y'all. The one who's not willing to work shall not even eat. And I think that for all of us, we've had seasons of life where we're in search of a job. We're in search of the ability to provide. I just talked with a friend of mine the other day, and he's in a transition from one job to another. And he said to me, I'm looking for a job, but finding a job is my full-time job. Who knows that's a great attitude to have. And so the Bible says that we need to have an attitude as dads that we're willing to work and willing to chase down the things that God has put under our purview. You know, the first nine years of Rachel and I's marriage, she made substantially more, much, a lot more money than I did. She, uh, she supported my ministry addiction. And so in ministry, I wasn't bringing in what I needed to to fully provide for our family. And I'm thankful that she invested and that she worked to help provide. But it, throughout those years, I worked as hard as I could. And I can't tell you how many odd jobs I did. I was putting up fences and cutting down trees, and I was doing stuff in people's backyards. I was buying and selling cars. I was doing everything that I could to provide for my family because I understood the weight of the scripture, that if we don't work, that we shouldn't eat. And God is telling us that as men, we have been created to be providers for our family. But listen to this. It's not about how much you make. It's about how hard you're willing to work. So I don't want you to feel condemned you can make $20,000 a year and work as hard as you can, and God's in heaven saying, good job, son. I'm going to keep providing for you. But there are guys out there that make $200,000 a year, and they're lazy, and they don't provide emotionally for their family, and they've got a long way to go. So it's not about the number. It's about the effort. It's that you're giving the very best that you have to make a difference. Proverbs 14, 23, it says this, In all toil there is profit, but mere talk leads only to poverty. Have you ever met somebody who's just full of, full of talk, but they can't get nothing done? Ladies, let me give you a tip. If you're single up in this place, if you're single, and you're talking to a guy right now who doesn't have a job, and you're driving around town in your car, and you're putting gas in it, and you're buying dinner, dump him, right? He doesn't have to be rich. He doesn't have, yeah, come on, that's good. He doesn't have to have a whole lot of money. I'm not saying go and find a man who has some money. You gotta go find a man who's willing to work. If his hands are calloused, he's a good man. You've gotta find someone who's willing to go out and get the job done. Let me tell you something, you have to be intentional. If he's hanging out the side of his best friend's ride trying to holler at you, you got to say, oh no, I don't want nothing to do with no scrubs because a scrub can't get no love from me. That's what you gotta do. 
You gotta be intentional about who you're connecting with because men are called to be provider. And can I just tell you something? If a man is lazy when he's single, and if a man is selfish when he's single, and if a man can't provide for himself while he's single, what do you think is gonna happen when he has a wife and a kid? So we have to be intentional, ladies, about who we're connecting. See, this is for y'all too. We have to be intentional about who we're connecting with because as men, we were created to be providers. But you see, it's not only that we have to provide financially. We have to provide wisdom and counsel and perspective and insight and security. We have to provide a lot of different things for our family and no amount of success can compensate for failure at home. I don't care how much your money you're making. I know a lot of rich guys who are failing at home. And so we have to not only be bringing in the bucks, we have to be bringing in the love and the affirmation and the connection within our families that that's what God has called us to do. You know, and you might say, well, man, isn't that the mom's job? Isn't it the mom's job to, uh, to love and to, to care for and to speak life into? Well, it's the mom's job, but it's also your job. Because you see, dads, if you have a little girl at home, that little girl will find male affirmation somewhere. And so I'd much rather her receive her affirmation from me than some scrub. And I read a statistic this week. It said 80% of all people in gangs don't have a father at home. Now, I'm not saying that your kid's going to sign up for the Bloods or the Crips or nothing like that, right? But young men need affirmation. They need people to believe in them. They need people that have their back. And so dads, that's what we're there for. Moms can love and moms can speak, but we need to create security in the provision of everything that we give. So it's literally our instinct to be a provider. Number two is this, that you were created to be a protector. Everyone say protector. You were created to be a protector. I think of the male elephant. The male elephant, he's the bull. And the male elephant, the leader of the pack, that he walks ahead of his family and he protects from anything coming. He's constantly paying attention and surveying the land. If he sees something that looks like a threat, he's going to smash it, even if that thing is your minivan. He's going to go to that thing and he's going to smash it. He's going to say, no, 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 you're not messing with my family. He's created to be a protector. But not only is the elephant a protector, but I think of the lion as maybe one of the greatest symbols as a protector. You know, the lion throughout the day, he's pretty much just hanging around and kicking back and taking naps, and all the lionesses go out and do the hunting. But in the event that an intruder gets close to his family, the instinct comes out. The rage comes out, and a lion is unstoppable when it comes to protecting his family. A lion will take down a rhinoceros. He'll kill a hippo. He'll kill a crocodile. He'll even take down a full-grown elephant if it seems that they're creating threat to his family and dads we are created it's in our instincts to be a protector of our families and i think that what we need to understand is that we don't only need to protect with these because not very often that you have to protect your wife with this if it is you need to stop going to the places that you're going to right (laughs) it was not very often you have to defend your children with your hands but the way that we protect our wives and the way that we protect our children is with this and with this and with this. A lot of us would fight at the drop of a hat to protect those that we love. But sometimes the way that we fight isn't just here, it's here. And dads, we've been created to be protectors. First Corinthians chapter 16, verse 13, it says this, be on your guard, stand firm in the faith, be courageous and be strong, do everything in love. Now, when we read that scripture, we get excited as men about some of this. Oh, I'll stand on guard. Oh, I'm going to stand firm. I'll be courageous and be strong. 
But we can't forget this last part. Do everything in love. You see, we don't, God hasn't called us to just be a hammer that deals with problems. He's called us to be someone who comes along in love and protects in love. We're called to be strong and sensitive. The Bible says that God is a lion, but that he's also a lamb. I preached it about a year ago. He's a lamb-like lion and a lion-like lamb. And that's what we need to be. We need to be strong and soft. We need to be steel and velvet all at the same time as we're protecting the things that God has entrusted us with. A father protects from a lot of different things. A father protects from external enemies. And you know, there's real enemies uh, in this world that are trying to, to capture your family. The devil. The Bible says that he's like a thief in the night. And if you knew that a thief were about to break into your house, you'd have your 12-gauge ready. You know what I'm saying? You would not just allow someone to break in haphazardly and not do anything about it. But the Bible tells us there's a thief who's crouching at our door to bring death and destruction to our families. And so, dads, we have to be the one that combats the lies of the enemy through our protection. That when insecurity comes into your child's mind, speak confidence. That when negativity comes into your wife, speak truth. That God has called us to be the protector in a lot of different avenues. That we need to protect our family from trouble. From trouble. I saw a video this week of a baby elephant going to get some, a drink of water. And the father elephant came up behind and grabbed the baby elephant around the neck and pulled it backwards because he saw a crocodile in the water. And then the dad took his trunk and went over and just smacked the mess out of this crocodile. And then they just walked away. And I think that as dads, that we have to just protect our children from dangerous things. If you have a 16-year-old son who wants to go and buy a brand new Camaro with a $1,200 a month car payment, Protect that boy, please. The car dealership will sell it to him, but you're supposed to protect him from those kind of decisions. And dads, that's our job, is to not come in with anger, but to come in with love and to teach. Dads, we're there to protect our families from negative influences. Who knows this world is full of negativity and people that got all kind of negative stuff to say and bad things to say and messed up whack perspectives. And dads, it's our job to protect our families. A couple years ago, I remember Rachel had made a friend and she started hanging out with this person on a regular occasion. It was like every time she would come home from hanging out with this person, she kind of had a different attitude about her. Not like against me, just about life and more uh, operating in fear and negative what ifs. And so I prayed about it and I said, God, what do I do? He said, talk to her. And I said, hey, babe, can I talk to you? And I didn't talk to her with aggression, I talked to her with love. I said, hey, it seems like every time you talk, you come with this, hang out with this person, when you come home, you just have a kind of a different attitude. You know what she said? She said, you're right. The Lord was already dealing with me about that, but thank you for bringing it up. And so, dads, if we go in with a hammer, you cannot hang out with this person anymore. Now we're a wacko controlling person, right? But we need to come in with love, and we need to protect those that we love through our words. God has called us to be a protector. Number three, God has called us in our lives to be present. Everyone say present. He has given us the instinct. He has called us to be present around the family, around the people that we love. You see, and for me, this is a hard one sometimes. I have to be very intentional to make sure that I'm present. Because uh, I have a hard time shutting my brain off. You know, I'm just always thinking about something next and something I have to work on, and I'm building lists all the time. And every once in a while, I'll be home at the house, and Rachel will say, yeah, I see, I see wives like elbowing your husband like, that's you. Well, those are our instincts. Our instincts are to be accomplishers. But we have to not only uh, accomplish, we also have to be present. And so Rachel, she'll say to me, hey, where are you? And I used to get mad. Like, what do you mean, where am I? I'm sitting here with you, right? But then I realized what she really meant was like, where are you? 
Like, are you here or are you off at work? Are you off accomplishing? Are you off conquering another, you know, hill or something? And so what I have to do is I have to be intentional about being present. I think of the emperor penguin. That the emperor penguin, God has put within him some amazing instincts. So the mother has the egg, and then the mother goes off for four months. She goes off for four months with all her girlfriends, and they all go to a buffet and eat for four months. And this dude has to stand in the frozen tundra just holding this egg, not even doing nothing. But he's present. And because he's present when the baby's born, he then watches over the baby, and he allows the baby to be warm. And he's the one that is present through some vital years of his life. Or I think about the black-necked swan. The black-necked swan is present. That when the baby ducklings are born, that the father keeps the, keeps the baby birds on his back so that bigger fish or predators wouldn't come up and snatch the ones that he loves. But the only way that he could be a protector is if he's present. It's very hard to protect from really far away. So dads, we're called to be present in our children's lives. Deuteronomy chapter 6, starting verse 5, it says this, Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength. These commandments that I give you today are going to be on your hearts. Listen to this. Impress them. Everyone say impress. Impress them on your children. Talk about them when you sit at home and when you uh, walk along the road and when you lie down and when you get up. The only way that we can impress good things in our children, that we can speak positively into our children, is if we make ourselves present in their lives. Now, for me... uh, I'm very intentional about some things in life like car maintenance. When it comes to changing the oil and changing any other fluids or any other filters, I'm very intentional. I have a spreadsheet and the whole thing and I make sure that it's time to go get the oil changed. Why? I do that because I know what I want to get out of that thing later. I want to make sure that my wife gets in the car, even though right now she's kind of driving a hoopty, that when she gets in and she starts it up, that it starts, that it runs good, that the tires don't pop, that the engine doesn't seize up. And because I know what I want out of it, I have no problem investing in it, right? Makes sense? Guys, we don't complain about putting some money into our car so that it runs right. And we have to do the same thing with our children. The the reason we put something in is because we know what we want to get out Not out selfishly, but out for them. We know the kind of person they want to be. We know the kind of man that we want them to grow into, the kind of woman we want them to grow into. And so it's within our instinct to try to help and develop our kids. I don't know about you, but I want my kids to be better than me and smarter than me and have better friends than me and live a better life than me. That's what I want for my children. And so for that to happen, we have to invest in them now for them to turn into the things that God has called us to help them turn into. I heard a story about a dad, he got home from work one day, and his son, who was about eight years old, ran up to him, and his son said, hey, dad, uh, I have a question for you. And the dad said, okay. And the son said, how much money do you make an hour at work? And the dad said, that's a weird question. I don't know. And he said, dad, how much do you make an hour? And the dad said, well, I'm salary. I don't get paid by the hour. The son said, I don't understand all that. How much do you make every hour? And so the dad said, uh, I make $100 an hour. And the son kind of got a discouraged look on his face and started to think in his head and look around and and the son said to the dad dad can i have fifty dollars the dad said what that's why you want to know how much money i make just so you can take fifty dollars from me man get out of here no i'm not going to give you fifty dollars so the the son went away and the dad started to think about it a little bit and thought man my son's he's a good boy he's never came and asked me a question like that he's never asked me for money before so I need to give, maybe he wants to buy his mom a present, I don't know. So the dad goes up to the boy's room and knocks on the door and the little boy's laying on the bed crying. 
The dad says, son, what's going on? And he said, dad, I just really wanted $50 from you. And the dad said, well, son, I love you. Here, here's $50. And so the little boy jumped up and ran to his closet and grabbed a shoebox. He brought the shoebox and he dumped it out on the bed and it was full of change and full of dollar bills. He started counting it. All the quarters and nickels and dimes and you know how little kids are and all the dollar bills. And he started putting them in stacks, $10, 20, 30, 40, 50. And the little boy had $50. And then he took the $50 his dad gave him and he put it in the shoebox and he picked up all the other money. He put it in the shoebox and he handed it to his dad. He said, hey dad, tomorrow, can you come home an hour early from work and go for a bike ride with me? And you see, I think that sometimes as dads, that we get really focused on what we're bringing home. But the thing that's home, all they do is want us there. All they do is want us to go on a bike ride. All they do is want us to talk. All they do is want us to watch a TV show that we don't understand and hate the songs in it, right? That's all they want us to do. And so we can get so busy and so focused on conquering the world and bringing home the bacon that we forget the thing that God has called us to first. And that's to be present and to love our families. So dads, on this Father's Day, I just want to remind you the feeling that you had when you brought that little baby girl, that little baby boy home for the first time. Remember the, the pressure and the responsibility that you felt? Remember that. And we can still do that today no matter how old they are. You can be present and you can love them in their life today. We've been called to be a provider, a protector, and we have to be present. Y'all know that you like their LPs. So number four, number four, y'all know you like their LPs. Come on, somebody else working on that for you. And so number four is that as men, it's our instinct. We've been created to be priests, to be priests, that God made us to be the priest of our home. You know, a priest is the supreme spiritual leader. The priest is the one who talks to God and he's the one who hears from God. And as men, we have been created to be the priest of our home. Can I tell you something? I am not the priest of your home. I'm the pastor of this church. I'm the priest of this body. But I'm not the priest of your home. You are, dads. That God has called you to be the supreme spiritual leader. Remember last week in Endangered Species, we talked about how a lot of species find themselves on the endangered list because of climate change. Dads, you're the one that's responsible for the spiritual climate of your home. We are the ones that tell our families, hey, it's Sunday, we're going to church. It's not mom yelling at us and screaming at us, hey, put your shoes on, we're going to church. Dads, we're the ones that create the spiritual climate of our home. Don't get mad at me, I love you. Don't get mad at me, dads, I love you, right? This is what the Bible says, this is our instinct, this is what God created us to be, is to be the priest of our home. Joshua chapter 24, verse 15. I preached on this last year for Father's Day uh, at the conclusion of our Joshua series. It says this, but as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Joshua makes this declaration. He says, I don't care about all y'all. I don't care what you do. I don't care what the neighbor does. I don't care what people at work do. They can be smoking crack for all I care. I don't care what they do. But as for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. As for me and my family, we're going to serve the Lord. And that's the declaration as dads that we have to make. 1 Thessalonians chapter, seven, or chapter 5, verse 17, it says this. It tells us men to pray without ceasing. And dads, here's why we need to be praying without ceasing. It's not because God is like uh, an emotional junior high girlfriend that just wants to talk all the time. The reason God says that we have to pray without ceasing is because we have problems without ceasing. We have attack without ceasing. Am I right? It's hard to be a man, y'all. 
It's hard to be present and to be a provider and to be a prop. It's hard to do all this stuff. And when it gets hard, the Bible's saying, hey, instead of breaking under the pressure, you just need to pray. We need to have a constant communication with God. Psalms 55, verse 22. It says, cast your cares on the Lord. Cast your cares on the Lord, and he will sustain you. He will never let the righteous be shaken. We have to cast our cares on him. So when your kids bring you problems, you take those problems to God. When your wife brings you trouble, you take that trouble to God. When your boss at work starts getting you stressed out, you take that stress and you cast it on the Lord. You see, if we just take it all on ourselves, that's how guys break. I've done it to myself. I've had breakdowns in life where I can't feel like I can't take another step and I start getting anxious and depressed and I start self-medicating through a hundred different avenues. Men, we do that. But if we would take our problems and we would take them to God, if we would cast our cares on him, it would free us up to accomplish the things that God has called us to do. You see, when we release prayer, God releases power. When we'll release prayer, God releases power. And as men, we want power. We want to have power over our problems. We want to have power over our difficulties. But the real way that we get actual sustainable power is not from motivation, is not from adrenaline, is not from an energy drink. The way that we get power is through a relationship with the one who is all power, who is God. We need to have constant relationship with him. We've been called to be a priest. I've learned in my life that if this is okay, if me and God are okay, then all of this will be okay. That if my relationship with God is okay, then my relationship with my wife will be okay. That if as a son of God, I'm okay with my heavenly father, that the relationship with my children will be okay. That if my finances are okay with God, then my finances will be okay here. And so we have to realize that as dads, we're the priests. We have to focus on this first before we focus on anything else. Second Chronicles chapter 7, verse 14, it says, If my people, that's us, which are called by my names, shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face, and turn from their wicked ways, then I will heal, hear from heaven, and I will forgive their sins, and I will heal their land. And see, sometimes, dads, we know our land needs to be healed. We know there's something broken in our home, and we're going, man, I don't know what to do. I'm trying, I'm working, I'm doing my very best, and I, I, you know, I've had seasons in my life where it feels like I can't not lose. Like, no matter what I do, I can't not lose. And it's in those moments that you got to pray. So when's the last time you woke up in the middle of the night and went out in your living room and prayed? When's the last time driving to work you turned off talk radio and you prayed? When's the last time you had a really hard day and you pull into your driveway and you're frustrated and before you went inside and vented everything at your family, you said, God, I need you to help me calm down. I need you to help me just simmer down and relax so that I can go in and love. You see, dads, we can't do it alone. In this world, we will have trouble, but take heart. God says he has overcome the world. He's called us to be priests. I talked about lions just a minute ago. You know, a lion can run 50 miles an hour. A lion can jump 36 feet in length. A lion can open his mouth over 12 inches to bite the head off of almost anything that's attacking. A lion has on his paw every uh, lion finger has three inch claws. I don't know what they're called. Has three inch claws that he can use to rip and protect and destroy, but there's something that's amazing about a lion, and that's the lion's roar. The lion's roar is a roar of power. A lion's roar can be heard five miles away. And that roar, what it does is it proclaims dominance. And it says that I have authority over all of this around me. And dads, God has put within us the instinct to roar. 
which leads me to my last point, is that you have been called to be a prophet. God has called you and he's created you to roar, to prophesy, to speak life over your family. And you might say, prophesy? That's some weird Old Testament stuff and some dude in a weird white suit jacket, right? No, no, no. We're all called as men to be prophets of our home, to roar, to speak life over our families. You see, the roar of a father is powerful. And I think that every father should preach every once in a while. That your kids should not only hear sermons from me or hear sermons from our staff here at Living Church or hear sermons when you're scrolling through Facebook and you watch my man Stephen Furtick talk for three minutes, right? That you shouldn't only listen to those sermons, but I think that every father should preach every once in a while. That your kids should hear sermons called, you can do it. Your kids should hear you preach sermons say, I got your back. Your kids should hear sermons called, you are God's masterpiece. You see, as dads, we are prophets. God has given us a voice to roar, and our roar, it creates confidence. Because when the little baby lion hears that roar, he doesn't have to be scared of the crocodile because he knows my daddy's got me. You see, my goal is that as my kids grow up, when Lillian's 30 and Titus is a grown man with a family of his own, I want them to go sit in a church someday and listen to some guy preach a message called God's Masterpiece or You Were Created for Greatness, and I want my kids to sit there and go, well, duh, my dad's been telling me this my whole life. And you see, dads, we can't allow someone else to enlighten our children to their greatness. God put us to be the prophet in their life, to speak to things that won't, that aren't as though they were. And when we speak it, then they become. Dads, we were created to be the prophets of our homes. Proverbs chapter 13, verse 12, it says this, from the fruit of a man's mouth, he enjoys good. Proverbs 18, 4. The words of a man's mouth are a deep water, a flowing river, and a fountain of wisdom. This is your instinct. This is what God has created you to be, that when we're speaking with our children, when we're speaking with our wives, that God has created us to be a fountain of wisdom, not a fountain of frustration, not a fountain of feelings, not a fountain of anger, but a fountain of of faith and of love and of wisdom. It's what God has called us and it's what he's created us to do is to be a prophet over our families. Dads, would all of you stand in the room? If you're a father, would you stand with me this morning? I wanna pray over you and pray over myself. Come on, give him a hand. If they're a dad, give him a hand. Thank you for being here. Thank you for leading your families. Thank you for prioritizing God. You know, ladies, these men that are here, it means a lot that they're here. It means a lot that they would lead you and come and put themselves in this place to say, you know what, I'm going to submit myself under God's authority because as I follow him, all of y'all can follow me. And so, dads, I want to pray for you, but I also want to pray for myself because I'm standing up here with you. That it can be hard to be a man sometimes. It can be hard to carry all these responsibilities. You know, one of the hardest things it is to protect our family against is ourselves. And it can be hard to protect our family from ourselves. We think that the women are the emotional ones. We're emotional, we just show it differently, don't we? And so it's, it, it's important that we control that and we guard our family even from ourselves. So I'm gonna pray for me, I'm gonna pray for you. God, thank you for these men. Thank you for these fathers. 
God, I ask that you bless them and that you encourage them. And Father, they walk out of here knowing that they are not defeated, but they are more than conquerors. And that you have placed within them the instincts to do everything that we've talked about this morning. God, I ask that you help them to roar over their families in a roar of protection and of prophecy and of speaking about your goodness. And Lord, that starting today, Father's Day, that this year unto next Father's Day, that their family would grow in their relationship together and grow in their relationship with you. God, I thank you for who you are and all that you have planned for us. In your name, we all said, amen. Can we give these fathers a hand one more time? Guys, you can grab your seat. Now, before we go, I got one thing to tell you. You know, we gave the moms, uh, we gave the moms necklaces for Mother's Day with a mama bear on it. And so we had ordered these necklaces uh, for all the dads with seahorses on them, like little, little blue seahorses, but those didn't come in time. And so instead we got you something better than a seahorse necklace. We got all the dads a shirt that says, that says King of the Jungle. And so dads, before you leave today, you can go and grab one of these shirts because that's true. You, you, God has created you and he has destined you to be the king of your jungle. Now, a king has a lot of responsibilities. A king is not selfish. A king is not about him. But a king, a good king, thinks of the needs of the people that he have, he's been entrusted to. So before you leave, uh, we want to bless you with one of those shirts. And I want to pray over you as a church. Just and pray over the close of the series. It's been a heavy, it's been fun. But it's also been some heavy stuff. Because anytime you talk about family... There's a lot of feelings and a lot of emotions that rise up. So I want to pray over your family, whether your family is a man and a wife and 2.3 kids and a white picket fence, right? If that's your family, I'm going to pray for you. But if your family is just you and the only person in your family is you, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, then I'm going to pray for y'all. And everybody in the middle, your family might be you and grandma and, you know, grandpa and a couple kids and dad's not in the picture. Maybe you're a single dad, no matter who you are. We want to pray for your family this morning that God would be with you as you guide and direct the family zoo. Would you pray with me? God, I thank you for the people of Living Church. And God, as we walk into this summer, as we walk into this summer, as it's a time of break and the kids are home, Father, help all of us to grow our families, to grow in our relationships with each other, Father, that we wouldn't only put a whole bunch of focus on the wedding, but that we would put some focus on the marriage and that we would grow in health together. Thank you for your people. In your name we all said, amen. Man, if you're a first-time guest, we're so, so, so glad you're here. Please, before you leave, let us meet you. Let us put a face with a name. We have a gift for you in the lobby as you walk out, just right to the right at Guest Central. If you're here and you would say, you know what, I need to talk to somebody about my relationship with God. I, I want somebody to pray with me. I want to I grow. Maybe I, I feel kind of disconnected from the Lord. Please, let us pray with you. Let us talk with you. We have some leaders in the back of the room that would love to pray with you and answer any questions you have about your walk with Jesus. Uh, so please do that this morning. Don't leave. If you walked in needing prayer, don't leave without prayer. We believe in the power of prayer here at Living Church, and we want to pray with you for your needs. Dads, we love you. You're the best. Go get a t-shirt, put it on, wear it with pride, because God created you to be the king of the jungle. Love you guys. See you next Sunday. <laughs>